Today we celebrate the great feast of the ascension of Jesus into the, to the right hand of his Father and the beginning of this great work of the foundation of the church. Um, the foundation of the church, as you know, the church finds its birthday on Pentecost, which is a week from today. But Jesus is now very clearly moving towards this great event in the life of the church by which we will be accompanied always. And the readings today are full of the promise of this event. And it's the, 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 the positivity of Jesus' ascension to, the, to heaven is to be found exactly in these promises, in these promises which call forth from us faith, trust, hope, these, this faith and trust and hope. In the, begin, in the opening prayer of the Mass, we say that where the head has gone in, in uh, mystery, we, the body, are called to follow in hope. So what is that hope? That hope is exactly what the apostles were left with when Jesus disappeared into the clouds on the day of the ascension. They were left with the hope. Why is it called hope? Well, first of all, it's very important to understand that the word hope in the Catholic vocabulary is not like a pious wish. It's not like when you buy a lottery ticket, you might say, I hope I win. But if you're realistic at all, you're pretty certain you won't, right? Christian hope is not like that. Christian hope is definitely not like that. Christian hope is characterized by two, uh, there are two characteristics that identify Christian hope, firm and certain. In every funeral that we say, we mention this firm and certain hope, this firm and certain hope in the promises of Christ. And this is the first moment in which these apostles have to truly trust and rely on that firm and certain hope. Why is it firm? It is firm because they truly believe in Jesus. Why is it certain? It's certain because they trust his word. And my friends, this is the same way that we live the virtue of hope. Every time we say there are a lot of prayers that have a little doxology at the end of them, uh, and one example would be the Hail Holy Queen. At the end of the Hail Holy Queen, the person uh, leading the prayer says, pray for us, O Holy Mother of God, and we respond that we may be made worthy of the promises of Christ. It's those promises of Christ that this day is about. This day is about the promises that Christ has left to his church, and which we see fulfilled. We see them being fulfilled already, both in the second reading and in the first reading, which was from the Acts of the Apostles. We see the fulfillment of the promises of Christ. We see that far from the fear that dominated the, apostle, the apostles immediately after Jesus' ascension, these promises being fulfilled by the coming of the Holy Spirit, which we'll celebrate next week, as I said, the apostles are other Christs. They become other Christs. This is the comment that St. Augustine makes on this scene. He says, through the gift of Jesus' ascension into heaven and through the gift of the coming of the Holy Spirit, we become other Christs. First of all, the apostles become other Christs. And if you read the Acts of the Apostles attentively, you will see how powerfully 
everything that Jesus did, they will do too. They will do too. They become other Christs, not in nature, but in what we call participation. Uh, we are not, we don't become the Son of God, but we do become participants in the divine life. And therefore, people are meeting Christ continually and always through us. Here we are 2,000 years later, after these events that we read about, after Jesus' ascension into heaven, a historic event which took place, and you could name the time and the place on that hill, at, on that day, at this time, Jesus ascended into heaven. And history, can, time continued to flow on, as time always does, and it brings us here now, 2,000 years later, thinking perhaps that we're very far from that now. Well, I don't know how long the world will go on, and in fact, the gospel tells us, Jesus tells us very clearly in today's gospel, it is not for you to know the time or the hour. So in parenthesis, when people come along telling you, it's the end, it's the end, it's the end, I recommend that you just quote that very simple thing to them. It is not for you to know the time or the hour, Jesus says, because nobody knows the time or the hour, right? So the one thing I know when someone comes and tells me that it's the end, I say, mm -mm, you don't know. Might be, you just have, you might just happen to have got it, guessed right, but you don't know, and neither do I, right? So that was a little parenthesis, but back to the main, to back to the main thing. Jesus um, is assuring us that he, his promises will be fulfilled, and he's launching the church upon this great journey through history in which his mission will be continued faithfully and effectively through the body of those who believe in him, through the body of those who are his disciples, through those who, through the sacrament of baptism, has rec have received this participation in the divine life and therefore can truly be called other Christs. We're other Christs because we bear with us the participation in the life of Christ and we bear with us the um, mission and the task of Christ so that people can continue to meet him throughout all of the ages and the centuries. There are probably not many of us, I don't know, maybe some of you did, I did what's it called, 22? It's the thing where you send a little sample and they tell you what all your genealogy and all your genes, where they're all from. There are probably not many of us that come from Palestine 2,000 years ago, which means that, there were all, that, that very likely almost all of us have received our faith through this way in which Christ, through witnesses, has reached us with the announcement that he is alive and we have believed and we are here because of that. So this is the great gift that the Lord has given to us and this is the great advantage of this day. I've commented before how the apostles were appalled at the thought of leaving Jesus, losing Jesus again. When they lost him as he died upon the cross, they didn't understand, they didn't yet believe, they couldn't give full credit to the words that he had often said to them, that he would rise. Um, and they were brokenhearted and devastated, and they fled. They fled, only John remained there at the foot of the cross. 
Um, all the others were in hiding. Um, they didn't want to face that again. They didn't want him to go away again. Yet he was determined that this was going to happen. He was going to go away again. And he told them, it is better. This is what we read last Sunday. It is better for you that I leave. It is better. Faith and hope, the promises of Christ. We need to believe Jesus when he says it is better for us that he ascend to the right hand of the Father. The setup that he has given us now today is the very best. Jesus wouldn't give us anything second best ever. This setup, this setup with the Catholic Church, uh, with the sacraments, uh, with our prayer, with our life of prayer, our liturgy, the sacrament of baptism by which we enter the church, the full initiation through which we receive the Eucharist and confirmation, which some of our children received yesterday and some on Friday. With all of this, Jesus is giving us his very best. Let us trust, have complete trust and confidence in that goodness of his, and let us have sure and certain hope that those promises which the Lord has made to us will be fulfilled. The promises about the world, the promises about the church, and the promises about our ultimate destiny, the fullness of life with him in heaven. We are his body. We are the instruments by which he continues to be present in the world. St. Paul, the most strike, the most striking thing, and you can, in some way, you can trace back theologically every thought of St. Paul to that voice that he heard when he was struck to the ground on the road to uh, Damascus, when he heard the voice of the Lord saying, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It was that me that really went to the very heart of St. Paul. If that voice had said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting my followers? I don't know if he'd even be, have been converted. But it was that me, it was that voice of Jesus, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? My friends, we, me, we are him. We are him. In a very real way, we are him. And if someone persecutes us, they are persecuting him, Jesus, because we are him. Just like the early church that Jesus was calling Paul to serve was him, so too today the church is him, his body, his presence, his reality in the world. So let us ask as we celebrate this Holy Mass on the Ascension that far from any despair, far from any lack of hope, that we might find again that well-founded sure and certain hope that the promises of Christ will be fulfilled.